Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. At this time of the year, a lot of the songs we sing in church are about blood. Glory be to Jesus, who in bitter pains poured for me the lifeblood from his sacred veins. Alas, and did my Savior bleed. Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, Lord of glory, you have bought us with your lifeblood as the price. Lamb of God, sweet Lamb of God, oh, wash me in his precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Not all the blood of beasts. And in that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. I want to talk to you, and I want you to know that the blood of Jesus Christ gives power to the gospel. The blood of Jesus Christ gives life to our teaching. Without the blood of the cross, there is no salvation. Without the blood of the cross, there is no deliverance from Satan's power. Without the blood of the cross, there's no hope of everlasting life. We are not saved by doing good works. We are not saved by our morality or our integrity. God cares nothing about our goodness. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. What we are remembering today is the most important event in our life and in the history of the world, the bloody crucifixion and death of the beloved Son of God, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ went to the cross because it was absolutely essential for your redemption and your salvation. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, the wrath of God remains on you. You see, God put his Son upon the cross as your substitute, and then he poured out his anger upon him. If you reject Jesus Christ as your substitute, then you have no substitute and the anger of God remains on you. If you reject Jesus Christ, then you are living one heartbeat away from hell. Now, blood is mentioned over 300 times in the Old Testament alone. Blood is very, very important in our history. Moses wrote in Leviticus, for the life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourself on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Life is in the blood. This we have learned. And isn't that the motto of the Red Cross? Give the gift of life. Most of your physical body is pretty stationary. Your bones, tendons, muscles, organs, they may bend, they may stretch and turn, but they do not change places and move around your body. The only thing that does move around is your blood. And when it stops moving, you die. 
And there's a little analogy there between the blood of Christ and his body, the church. When the blood of Christ stops moving in the church, stops being preached in the church, stops being shared in the church, stops being talked about, then the church dies. The church that does not have the blood of Christ as its primary mover is a dead church. It has become a religious country club. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that gives life to our prayers. It gives life to our church. It gives life to our teaching, life to our preaching, and life to the good news of salvation. The blood of Christ brings unity. Every 20, 23 seconds, your blood makes a complete loop from your heart, carrying nutrients and oxygen, cleansing the whole body. It keeps moving and circulating, and the moment it stops moving, you die. Blood is what keeps your body together. So it is with the blood of Christ. It is the only thing that will keep the church together. Traditions and cultures divide us, but the blood of Jesus Christ unites us. Racial issues divide. The blood of Christ unifies the Bible does not describe a white church or a black church or a brown church or any other color church. It talks about a blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. And did you know that blood speaks? When you go to a blood test, get a blood test, it's amazing how much they can tell about you just from that sample. Corpuscles, cholesterol, sugar levels, iron, diseases, many things bad and many things good. Throughout the scriptures, blood speaks. When Cain killed Abel, his brother's blood cried out to God from the ground against all those who do violence against their fellow man. It cries for vengeance. When Jesus shed his blood at Calvary, his blood began to speak, mercy, mercy, mercy. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac, but then God provided a ram for the sacrifice, and that ram's blood was shed as a testimonial that God himself would one day provide a lamb. And 2,000 years later, he did. Isaac's descendants became a great nation of millions of people in just 400 years. But they were a nation of slaves down in Egypt. God raised up a deliverer named Moses to lead them out. And then came that night when the angel of death passed over through the land, killing all the firstborns. But God told the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and sprinkle the blood on their doorposts of their houses. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And when the angel of death came to the houses in Egypt, he did not stop when he saw the blood of the lamb. The blood sealed that family and protected them from destruction. It was the power of the blood that delivered them from Egypt. If the blood of Jesus is not over the doorposts of your home, then Satan can still rob, kill, and destroy. He can get through your morality. 
He can get through your goodness. He can get through all your acts of love. But the one thing he cannot penetrate is the precious, life-giving blood of Jesus Christ. Blood, you heard, was used for everything in the Old Testament. For the consecration of a house, for the consecration of a priest, for the dedication of a child, for the redemption of sins, for all the festivals. And each time a sacrificial lamb was offered. Not just any lamb. The lamb had to be a young male. It had to be spotless and without defect. It had to be inspected by the high priest. And when the lamb was killed, the high priest placed the blood in a bowl. And he dipped his thumb in that blood and then placed it between the eyes of a scapegoat. And the goat was led in the wilderness to die. And when it died, the sins of the nation were forgiven. Jesus Christ was the perfect, blameless Lamb of God. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world when he saw Jesus. He was our scapegoat. He was inspected by our heavenly priest and found to be spotless. He was perfect and without sin and destined for the cross. And when Jesus bowed his head and died, our sins died with him. They're gone forever, buried in the deepest part of the sea, never to be remembered against us anymore. Gone because of the Lamb of God and his blood. Unto him that loved us and freed us from our sins by his own blood and has made us to be kingdom and priests to serve God and his Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. In the theater of your mind, I want you to go with me to that Good Friday, to Pilate's Judgment Hall. And you can see the metal pieces in the straps of the Roman whip and hear it swish through the air and tear into the flesh of the meek and lowly Jesus 39 times. And under the noise of the crowd, you can hear the sound like water dripping from a leaky faucet, but it's not water. It's the very blood of the Lamb of God dripping onto a marble floor. And it's the sound of bloodshed, the sound of the remission of sins. In merciless mockery, they drag Jesus from his place of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane to his place of crucifixion. And the spilt blood of Jesus is the only blood that can remove your sins. And look at him on the cross. He's suspended between heaven and earth, bleeding his life away for you. He bleeds from his head, for you were in his mind before the world was made. He bleeds from his hands, for with them he healed you. He bleeds from his feet, for with them he came to you when you needed him the most. And he bleeds from his side. Why would God allow this? So that sin could not destroy you, but that you might have everlasting life in Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And where there is no forgiveness, there's no life and there's no salvation. But is God's heart so hard 
that he will not show mercy at the judgment. When I weep and cry for mercy with my tears and I ask him and plead with him to forgive me. No. The only thing that can save you is the blood of Jesus Christ. Will not God forgive me if I spend millions to feed the poor and clothe the orphans? Will he not regard my acts of love and mercy? The answer is no. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Will God forgive me if I join a nonprofit organization and zealously do good for many, many people? Will God forgive me if I give my life in service to him? If you can save yourself by doing good things, then Jesus died on the cross for nothing. Now, do you want to tell God that? Do you want to tell God that this whole salvation plan, the whole Bible, the whole trouble of sending his son, fulfilling all those prophecies, having him put to death, was for nothing? Salvation by works won't save you. There is no organization on earth that can save you. Not even join a church can save you. Joining a church will no more make you a Christian than a bar of soap will erase a leopard's spots. There is only one way to be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and his substitutionary sacrifice on your behalf. In order to rise with Jesus, you have to first die with him. This is a good day for us to go to the cross, to get rid of our sins, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Do you know why I love to believe in this good news about salvation through the blood of Jesus? Because Jesus' blood puts all people on an equal playing field. It puts the starving person eating rats in the streets of Myanmar on the same level as the millionaire eating caviar in the St. Regis. It puts the militant with his war cry on the same level with the opera singer who sings for $1,000 a note. It puts the laundry woman in the basement on the same level as the queen in the palace. It puts the prostitute on the same level as the princess. It puts the homeless begging on the streets of downtown Winnipeg on the same level of the well-off businessman whom he begs from. No matter how brilliant, no matter how educated, how wealthy, how powerful you may be, no matter where you were born, no matter who your parents are, if you haven't been to the cross, you will not get into heaven. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. No forgiveness. Not now, not ever. Not in this world, not in the next world. Yeah, people try to pray the souls of dead relatives and friends out of purgatory and into paradise after they die. But it won't happen because there is no purgatory. There is only heaven and hell. Mother Teresa can't get you out. 
10,000 preachers praying for you can't get you out of hell. And God won't get you out. So don't think that you can live like hell on earth and then wake up in eternity and have your relatives bail you out. How do we know that the bloody cross was totally effective in removing our sin? Well, we know by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his tomb is empty. And you think about it. Abraham died. He's still in his grave. Moses died, still in his grave. David died, still in his grave. Most, Jesus Christ died, and his grave is empty. And it's empty because God saw the sacrifice and deemed it sufficient. Holy God and sinful man were brought together at the cross. And on the third day, the stone was rolled away. Not so Jesus could get out. So we could get in and see for ourselves. If you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the stench and stain of sin is gone. When you die and they bury your body somewhere, angels will escort your spirit to heaven. And as you go up from the depths of the grave through where Satan has his dominion, every demon is going to say, back away. Here comes the little child of God. He's filled with flaws. He's filled with failures. But the blood of Jesus Christ is over him. Let him go. We can't touch him. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Have I made myself clear? So let there be no more talk about saving yourself. This day, this day, we remember that our good God saved us by the shedding of the blood of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ, for us. Amen.